0: Hello and a very warm welcome to this edition of the Africa Legal Podcast. Now, I'm joined today by Hortense Mudengi, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Rwanda Finance Limited, known as RFL, the Rwandan government-owned entity which operates the Kigali International Financial Centre. Now, regular readers of Africa Legal may well be aware that RFL and Africa Legal have been collaborating across the last 12 months on a series of fascinating research reports. Now, we first published A Modern Africa, A Modern IFC, then followed by Realizing and Facilitating Pan-African Investment. And now I'm thrilled to report that we've published our final report of the series, simply titled Unlocking Expansion Opportunities Across Africa. We'll link to all three of these reports in the podcast description and write-up, but we're here today to talk about the fascinating findings of the most recent report. So let's dive right in. Hortense, firstly, a big, big thank you for joining me today, and I'm going to roll straight into my first question here. Now, the data that we unearthed through the survey, which frames a central part of this report, indicated that. Well, the vast majority of our respondents, these being both corporates and service providers, stated that they expect their operations to expand into new African markets within the next five years. I'm interested... Does this overwhelmingly positive outlook, and I think it was around 85% indicated they were going to expand, does this surprise you at all? And further to that, what do you think are some of the key drivers behind this confidence in growth?
1: Thank you so much uh, for having me on your podcast, Tom, and uh, what a great introduction. I'm very happy to to be joining you on this. And uh, really to the insights that came from the report, they were outstanding and very encouraging for us to see, Uh, especially when you look at uh, respondents over 80% considering expansion opportunities, that is a great uh, opportunity uh, for us also as a, a key jurisdiction in Africa. And what I can say to your question in general is that even though the COVID pandemic has brought, um, we've seen a recession in most of the countries. Uh, The most recent economic reports from IMF show that GDP growth in sub-Saharan Africa especially is expected to rebound, right? Back to four to five percent. And also just looking at the historical and the forward-looking reports, it shows that Africa continues to have the fastest growing, fastest growing uh, population and urbanization rates. And so this is really bound to offer great opportunities uh, for businesses, existing and even new uh, businesses. I think now where the difference is, especially considering what COVID has shown us, is that cross-border expansion is going to take a different route. And I believe that would be more an electronic form. So with the advancement in e-commerce, for example, in e-logistics, financial technology, businesses will be able to easily expand to new markets from their domestic base of operation. So I see really that the key pillar or key factor for growth will be this advancement in technology that will allow you to serve key markets and different markets, really, from the base of your operation. So that's what I would say to that. I think you make a couple of
0: exceptional points there. The one around the embracing of technology to facilitate expansion, I mean, it truly is a game changer. The, the resources and the time involved with growing your business into new markets has drastically been reduced when it comes to those that are willing to look at e-commerce and, and technologically backed solutions. Um, no wonder, We see the confidence and the appetite for growth that we do. And it isn't misplaced because so much of Africa's commerce is now being digitized uh, to some extent that they, uh, you know, it's there to be taken. And I think our survey results very much indicate that. And I think there's some recent data that we go into a bit more detail in the report itself coming out the Africa Development Bank. You know, you talk about the rebound from recession to growth and dependent upon the the sector that you're looking at this is going to be a swing of upwards of 7 8 even 9% in some sectors so i think the confidence is great to see but it's also not misplaced confidence i think is is something that i really do want to highlight and we go into a bit more detail in the report itself uh, now to go on to to go on to a different topic here you and I both know one of the key solutions typically offered by international financial centers is that of domiciling and servicing holding companies. Now, just over 20% of our respondents indicated that they were already using such structures. Now, this shows plenty of room for growth and development for people looking at utilizing holding codes. But in your experience, how can a holding company supplement and facilitate multi-jurisdictional growth, particularly in an African context?
1: Yes, uh, thank you for that question, Tom. Well, often uh, holding companies or holdcos really have been seen to be the most uh, efficient model for asset consolidation and management. So if you're a company and uh, you have multiple businesses across different jurisdictions. You are going to be exposed to different uh, risks and considerations specific to those uh, jurisdictions that you operate in. So there will be need for you to find a structure that can allow you to be able to easily manage or distribute your assets effectively across those jurisdictions and holding companies or holding structures have been seen to be really the most effective uh, and i would even say even in the african context because what it takes and what it requires for a holding structure even to be established is that you need to have a jurisdiction that has, I would say, a conducive legal and tax environment because that will allow you to know how to manage your assets and it will also facilitate the, I would say, the flow of uh, capital and investment across the borders. So for us, most especially as the as we're looking really to, to build our jurisdiction and the Kigali International Financial Center, this really speaks to the heart of what it is that we are trying to offer to African-based uh, companies or those companies looking to set up shop uh, on the continent. We'll be able to offer that uh, conducive uh, legal environment to allow you to structure a holding uh, company, but also offer the tax incentives that can allow you to easily, uh, I would say, facilitate the repatriation uh, of capital and assets across the the jurisdiction that the company would operate in. So that's what I would say. And it was really uh, interesting to see from the respondents that there's still great opportunity for us to showcase the, I would say, the potential that comes from having holding structures. So, to us, really, these results are really great, and it's a great call out for, uh, for us to see now that there is great expansion expected in the coming decade. So now there is an opportunity for us to, see, to showcase how holding structures can be able to facilitate such companies looking at expansion opportunities.
0: Thanks, Hortense. I mean, to my mind, it's a real simplification point. It It's saying, look, we know that the African opportunity is typically best realized in a regional and multi-jurisdictional fashion. You know, in most situations, especially in the e-commerce side, if you can successfully offer your services to customers in Ghana, There isn't any reason why that can't be replicated in Nigeria, in South Africa, in Tanzania, in Botswana, and so on. And it's the holding company structure that allows you to kind of go after that multi-jurisdictional growth without necessarily expanding your tax liabilities or your, your compliance burden. It's a real simplification effort. But I'm interested... You know, a lot of our respondents, it was indicating an aspiration, but most of our respondents were currently domiciled in, in one or two African jurisdictions. So, to your mind, is the holding company structure one which is viable and 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 suitable for these young but high growth businesses because you know traditionally one's mind when you talk about holding companies goes to some giant you know multinational uh, billions in revenue deciding to embark upon a consolidation but is that a mis- is that a falsehood you know are these holding company structures actually as suited towards young energized high growth businesses as they are a 100 year old european structure in your experience
1: yes uh, absolutely tom and that is the wave of the future i would say and uh, to your point yes that that has been the perception think of a holding structure you think oh yeah this is a legacy uh, institution but really as we're seeing the rise of unicorns for example that are really expanding uh, to different markets and accelerating growth at such uh, high speeds i would say and in such a short time frame there's going to be need for these companies to know how they can manage these operations across multiple jurisdictions that ultimately will come as a uh, as a need and so the beauty now of the holding structure is that it allows you to manage those operations more effectively so while for sure, in the, I would say in the past, holding structures have been identified, I would say, with most of these traditional and big uh, businesses. Right now, the trend is changing, especially with the rise of unicorns, especially with the companies that all of a sudden, within two to three years, are really expanding their footprint. And again, this is also leveraged by the advancement in technology. So we are going to see a lot more companies really setting up these uh, structures to facilitate uh, their asset management and uh, distribution of operations. Thanks for
0: that insight, autons And I know that we're here principally to talk about the most recent report, but your, your answer reminds me of that first report that we launched back in uh, early uh, 2021, uh, uh, Modern Africa and Modern IFC. And what that showcased was principally the question of, if you're an African unicorn or an African high growth business, why on earth would you look outside of your Afri- Africa, for the IFC that can service you in this in this novel way because there was still a a factual response that indicated that non-African IFCs weren't getting it so much so maybe those non-African IFCs are still very much geared towards the larger more established uh, um uh, organizations. And it might make sense to very much look on your doorstep when it comes to an IFC that has your your best interest, your spirit, your entrepreneurial mindset when it comes to how they can work uh, most easily with you. And look, talking about high growth, high ambition, entrepreneurial mindset, it's interesting to see that I think it was 57% of our corporate respondents indicated that that growth that they were so passionate about, they actually foresee this occurring, i.e. their next African expansion, to take place within the next twelve to eighteen months. Now in business, twelve to eighteen months is the blink of an eye. This is this is very, very rapid expansion. So why is the kifc kind of the right partner to be able to help these organizations on on such rapid growth and 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 realize this in the quickest time possible whereas other players might be slightly more uh, plodding in their nature
1: <laughs> no that's a that's a great question tom thank you for that i think for kigali international financial center really it's it's about opportunity, right? And we're also seeing a lot of um, growth expectations and aspirations, especially on the continent. So I like what you said that uh, before, most uh, institutions and companies have been leveraging very few uh, jurisdictions to domicile their operations or to really consolidate uh, their activities. But now there's an opportunity you know, for jurisdictions to offer alternatives to that. And this is really because of that, uh, I would say, growth expectations, especially, as you said, in the, you know, in just a few months. So, and I think more so for the African context now is that you do not have to look outside the continent, right? For a jurisdiction that can offer you that opportunity. And that's really where we come in. When you're looking at jurisdictions that are serving the continent right now, they're very few and far between. And so for us, it's really offering that opportunity, especially as we're... as we're seeing the rise and growth expansion of African-based entities, to be able to offer that platform for them to to domicile their operations, so I think it's it's really with growth comes opportunity, and now in the IFC context, it's more so towards uh, supporting and facilitating that cross-border uh, expansion, and so we we have established in place the needed really investment climate to facilitate that. Uh, and talking about opportunity
0: and growth, I think it's very important that we turn our mind to some of the drivers behind the, the this growth. And a key one here is the the innovative approach that African businesses have always taken to their growth. And now we're just witnessing it on an incredible level. You know, it's an old adage is Africa is the continent that's skipped the landline and now it is skipping ahead in the, in the realms of um, open banking to some extent to, to uh, uh, FinTech, uh, to sometimes blockchain, you know, is an interesting one. It's, it's, it's gaining ground in some aspects. And it was Asha Leckie who was one of our key interviewees for this report, it, the chairman of the McKinsey Africa region, who, who touched upon it uh, most keenly in his insights in the report. He talks about an innovation explosion currently being witnessed in many African markets, particularly in response to the COVID pandemic. And this drive to survive and then thrive is really leading to an innovation uh, explosion on the continent. But to your mind, what are some of the key innovative developments which excite the KIFC and yourself personally the most? I mean, are there certain sectors or solutions that the center has been designed to support uh, most specifically?
1: Absolutely, Tom. And even you uh, you touched upon them, uh, as you mentioned, you know, in terms of uh, the advancement in technology, not just in, you know, trade and commerce, but it's going beyond that, right? Into the financial sector, you know, banking sector, medical and health sectors. And really, I think for us, what speaks to us the most is the opportunity that this technology is offering, right? For us, it's all about inclusion, right? Access, convenience and transparency. So some of the... Key innovative, I, I would say products that we're really keen on are most especially around financial technology, fintech. And that is because we're seeing an increase in financial inclusion, right? And also the opportunity for, I would say, the, the bottom pyramid also to be able to access, uh, financial opportunities. So for us really, fintech is a a key, I would say, innovative area that we're really keen to explore and we're offering opportunities for uh, fintech uh, investors or even actors to be able to set up shop and uh, prove, prove the concepts of pilot uh, their projects uh, in our market. The other, I would say, also stems around, uh, I would say, regulation, and that's more towards transparency, right? Offering the platform that can allow for easy access of uh, information and uh, compliance. And so reg tech is also another area that is really, um, we are keen on, and we're keen on developing, especially as you look towards uh, collaboration and how, uh, the continent is becoming more and more, uh, I would say, one market, a uh, one market. So RegTech is really uh, a unique area for us to be able to explore, to ensure that we are bringing on the technological capabilities in uh, monitoring and compliance. I mean, that's a
0: fascinating partnership, that fintech angle into the regtech, you know, fintech is typically a solution that generates or relies upon vast amounts of data. Now, when you're generating or managing vast amounts of data, the compliance risk increases exponentially. So there's this really interesting uh, relationship between financial technology and regulatory technology as they intermingle and and kind of feed off each other, but protect each other. I.e., if you've got a fintech product that explodes across the market, you're going to want to look for regulatory technology solutions that help protect you as you expand. Things like intuitive AI that absolutely. reads into the, you know, what regulations in the markets that you're most expanding into do you have to be aware of? What does the data protection landscape look like? Applying automatic rules to the data that you generate in certain markets. It's uh I mean, look, you brought out the nerd in me. I absolutely love this stuff. So it's it's gonna be a fascinating environment, you yeah. know, living and breathing inside somewhere like the KIFC. It's the, the word ecosystem is what springs to mind here. You know, KIFC can really be that living, breathing ecosystem as these players come together and not only be that kind of safe pair of hands, that safe domicile, but somewhere that actually invigorates and drives innovation. It doesn't just protect existing innovations. You're creating an environment which is conducive towards this innovation explosion that Asha talks about in, in our research report. Right. Now, I, I hate to, I (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad I'm glad that I'm earning my keep here today, then. And (laughs) I, I hate to say it, but that does bring us to time. It's a short but sweet conversation today. And all I have to say is, if you want more, we've got it. You just need to download that report. Uh, that's going to be linked in the podcast description. You're going to see write-ups and further content on Africa Legal and Rwanda Finance Limiteds and Kigali International Financial Center's websites. So keep your eyes very much peeled. So, well, Tons, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: Oh, thank you, Tom. Absolute pleasure as well. Thank you. And as always,
0: a very big thank you to all of our listeners. Now, if you are new to the Africa Legal Podcast, don't forget to find us and subscribe via all good podcast providers such as SoundCloud, Spotify, Amazon Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And as always, come and visit us at africalegal.com for the news, views, and insights that improve your life as a modern African legal practitioner. So without further ado, this has been Hortense and Tom, and we're signing off for the Africa Legal Podcast.